I'm Chip Freud, and this is the Artist Spotlight, conversations with contemporary artists based on five simple questions that explore the artist's journey, creativity, and sources of inspiration. Welcome to another episode of the Artist Spotlight podcast. I'm Chip Freund, and today I'm joined by Tom McKean. Tom is a fused glass artist with 30 years experience based in Cary, North Carolina. Tom, welcome to the show. Thank you, Chip. Nice to see you. So, Tom, to open us up here, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about a project, maybe something you just finished, something you're about to start. Give the uh, audience a, a sense of what you do. Sure. Um, I'm at the Cary Gallery of Artists in downtown Cary. I've been there for about four years now. And one of the nice things about being a member there is that uh, for one month out of the year, you get to be a featured artist, which means that in addition to the space that you already have, um, you're given extra space in the gallery uh, to showcase additional work that you might have, or even perhaps to try a new that you're sort of experimenting with and want to see how it's, how it's going to go. So my featured month starts in a little over two months. So, and I need at least two to three months to come up to speed with a lot of new pieces. I don't like to put older pieces that I've made out on the display. Um, so I'm right now in the process of trying to figure out with the space that I have, you know, what can I make that's different that I have on my display? What new technique might I want to try that maybe I've never done before, but it might be a good opportunity to try something. So I'm sort of deep into that right now, right? Right at this point, it's just really the design phase, trying to figure out what pieces I want to make. Um, do I have the glass that I need? Do I have to get anything in? And most likely by probably the end of next week is when I'll go into full actual making of all the pieces. All right. Uh, how many pieces do you think you might end up uh, creating for the show? Well, right now I have about eight pieces sort of worked out, both on the computer and in my head. Um, what I would like to do is perhaps add a few other different types of work. Um, one of the things that we're now encouraged to do is put other types of uh, media out there that maybe we're not already juried in for. And, you know, just to sort of give the artist a chance to expand a little bit and see, you know, showcase other talents that they might have. So I'm also working on a few jewelry pieces. Um, about two years ago, I took up pottery. So I have a few uh, ceramic pieces that I'm working on. So I have to kind of figure out with the space that I have, uh, what it is I want to put up and what I want to hold back. Because hopefully, some pieces will <laughs> yeah. fill, and then I'll have all these spaces and I have to fill them in with additional ones. So I try to have more than I need just in case. Excellent. You said you were seeing whether you have the right glass available. Have you had any issues uh, with supply chain? Not right now, because I actually bought up a lot of glass about three years ago. There are, there are two main manufacturers of fusible glass, Bullseye and Spectrum. And about three, four years ago, both those companies were having serious internal problems and they both had to shut down production. So there was sort of this frenzy to go around uh, to different distributors and buy up as much glass as you could because you didn't know if they were going to come back online or what. So I ordered very heavily 
from both companies uh, back at that time. So uh, fortunately, I've not had to uh, replenish a lot because I bought so much that I'm, I'm good for all. I always say I'm, I'm, I'm good till Armageddon. <laughs> oh, excellent. Well, the heart of this show is our five questions. And with that in mind, we'll kick it off with the first one, which is what is your earliest memory of making art of any kind? You know, it's funny. I, uh, when I thought about it, I remembered back to when I was in grade school. And I think like everybody else, you know, you tried drawing and you tried coloring. And I was just never good at drawing. But I always kind of felt I wanted to do something with my hands. And it was a couple of years later, out of high school, out of college, for some reason, I, I got very fascinated with, with miniatures, making small pieces out of wood. And I did that for a while. You know, I bought the balsa wood and the basswood strips, cut them, uh, you know, glued them together, stained them. And I, you know, that, that was nice because it made me have to think. It required a lot of detail. I didn't really do anything with it, but it was just sort of, I guess, the start of me realizing that I need to do something. You know, I need to go beyond because the career I prepared for was IT. So that doesn't allow you a lot of artistic uh, creativity. But if you have that that uh, desire inside you, you're, I think you're always looking for something to express that outside of what you do every day. Yeah. All right. Well, I think uh, there's probably another conversation for you and I have having come out of the IT sector myself. Uh, so we'll save that for another day. The uh, The next question is, um, what brought you to your current medium, you know, fused glass? Uh, what was that journey like? What brought you there? And what do you like about the media? Well, I can remember exactly when I sort of discovered glass. It was back in the late 1980s. Um, I was living in New Jersey at the time, and I remember going down to Cape May because every year uh, in October, they used to have what was called Victorian Week, and all the bed and breakfasts down there would open up for tours. You could just go in and go around all these beautifully restored Victorian mansions and just see what these places were. Well, what I was taken with was just the variety of stained glass. That was used in these places lamps window panels transoms you know everybody a lot of people think of stained glass they think of sun catchers i did um but then i realized how much more there is to the world of glass and and the making of glass pieces and i just something about it the color the design it just really captured me and as luck would have it uh about two months later i was driving through the town close to where i was living a studio opened up and was offering beginner classes. So I just kind of said, you know, this is meant to be. So I took beginner class there. I just loved it. Um, once I got over the fear of, you know, the concept of breaking glass, I really took to it. And I took several classes through that same studio. And I actually did stained glass for about a good 25 years. And, all this, and by that time, I'd moved down here. And I was getting ready to set up a workspace here for myself to continue that. But I found that it just didn't have the same pull for me anymore. It, uh, you know, I felt like I had made every possible kind of glass piece I could think of. I mean, my, the, the biggest piece I ever made was a reproduction of a Frank Lloyd Wright Ooh. window. That was about a thousand pieces. And it hung at the uh, big window up at the top of my hallway in New Jersey. 
And I actually brought the piece down with me. I haven't hang, I haven't hung it anywhere yet, but I still have it. But it just seemed like that was like, where do you go from there when you made a thousand piece window? Well, as it happened, there was a studio here in Durham that was offering uh, classes in fusing, introduction to fusing. This was about nine, 10 years ago. So I took that class and just like the stained glass did for me way back, it just lit a fire under me. I bought my first kiln and I started taking class after class after class. There's a studio out in Clemens, just beyond Winston-Salem, that's run by uh, a glass artist. And he has been offering every kind of class you could think of. And I just took every one that was up. And that's how I got into it. I, I now have two additional kilns here at the house. And I haven't picked up a soldering iron in about 10 years. <laughs> I, I, I have everything here. You know, I, I could go back to doing stained glass if I wanted. But something about fusing has really just sort of sparked in me. And I, I love it. I, I don't see that ending anytime soon. Well, having seen a number of your pieces, I, I can see there's such variety and flexibility in the medium versus stained glass, which I can see you get to a certain yeah. point of, okay, I've done abstracts, I've done realistic, I've done large pieces, I've done small pieces, what else? Exactly. I mean, there, and the thing is that the field itself, I find, is still expanding. I mean, there's so many manufacturers of of different tools and, and supplies that you can incorporate into your fused glass that you couldn't have done five years ago. You know, it just seems like the, the sky's the limit in terms of what you can make and, and you know, new techniques that you can, I'm, I'm continually teaching myself new stuff. I, I, I look at videos on, on YouTube, I, I, I buy eBooks. I haven't taken a class in about two years because of COVID, but, you know, for a while there, I was taking two, three classes a year of three and four day durations, which were very intensive. So I would love to get back to that. But, you know, as I said, it, it, I'm just having fun doing all the different things that, that I've learned over these last nine years. Oh, great. One of the questions that I always like to dig into with each artist is what inspires your art? Where does it come from? Well, good question, because right now I am trying to come up with for my show at the end of May, because I I have done so many different techniques. What I try to do is make pieces that are just very unique, that you would not find in another gallery or at another craft show. I mean, I I kind of bristle when I I go to craft shows and I see nothing but cheese boards out there, you know. Or, or, or slumped bottles, you know, people get, they slump it down and they stick a little knife on it and then they sell it for $50. I, I, I want to make items that are not normally seen anywhere else. And I like to have attention. I like to pay a lot of attention to the details that I add to the pieces. But more than anything, I think what I want is for people to look at my work and sort of be pulled into it. You know, try to figure out how did he do something like that? You know, this is something that I really haven't seen before. Um, Because I remember a teacher telling me one time, the more that you can pull somebody in and the more time that they spend looking at your piece, they connect with it. And the more they may want to have that piece for themselves because they know it is very different. So 
that that's really probably what inspires me the most is doing things that are different and even trying to top myself every time. You know, I'm always trying to push myself to, you know, actually do new things that I've never done before. And sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Or I may make just one or two of something and realize, ah, I don't really enjoy that. But I have to keep pushing myself because I want that uniqueness in my work. So thinking about some pieces you may have made recently, uh, you know, where did the, the particular idea come from? Was it around, I want to try this new technique? And it was about purely a technique-driven idea or something you may have seen that said, oh, I might be able to create something like that in glass. What, what did that genesis look like? Both, actually. Um, see, a lot of people think of glass as just sheet glass. And, you know, you, you, you buy the glass, you cut it up, and you assemble it. But there's a lot more to glass than just that. But glass comes in a lot of different forms. There's refined filaments of glass called stringers that uh, you can use to accent a piece. There's also what they call frit, which is crushed glass. For all, all the pieces of glass that you can buy in all the, the variety of colors, the manufacturers also make crushed glass in four different grades from coarse, which is maybe about the size of uh, an eraser on a pencil, all the way down to powder, literally powdered glass. What I try to do is, because I have pretty much everything here that I need, you know, all the stringers, all the frit, all the in most every color that's out there. So I try to combine different things that maybe I've never done before. Uh, and I'll see pieces sometimes. I mean, I, I love going on Pinterest because people love to post things on Pinterest. And I'll look at something and I'll say, you know, I can make I can make something like that, but I would rather do it this way or that way. You know, there, there, they say there's no stealing in art as long as you put your spin on it. You know, whether you take an idea and it, it generates something that that's you know similar but has your mark on it so that that's really what what i'm trying to do is you know get, get, get inspired by things they see get inspired by the glass that i have here i mean sometimes i forget what colors i even have you know if i get really stuck i'll go to my big glass shelf and i'll just start you know flipping through the different sheets that i have and i'll think gee these two these two pieces might go well together or, you know, I wonder what this would look like with light coming through, you know, because that's the one thing with glasses it plays on two different kinds of light. It plays on light passing through the glass if it's in a window, but it also plays on light facing down onto the glass. Like if you're in a dark room and you have very opaque glass, that's going to show up beautifully under uh, light inside. But something that would look beautiful in a window would not render well at all in a dark room. So I always try to play the two different types of glass off of each other. And I try to think, you know, what would this look like in somebody's house in a window? What would this look like in a bookshelf? You know, so, so a lot of that will determine what it is that I make also. Color is another big one. I, I tend to go toward the cool colors a lot, blues, greens, even, even monochrome. But I know there, there's, you know, I, I think a lot of people like those colors, but I'm not sure. I, I don't feel entirely comfortable making stuff in, in the reds and the yellows and the oranges. Funny story is, uh, I told you about the studio that I've taken classes with out there, and I've gotten to know the owner very, very well over the last number of years. And 
with the classes that you take, you actually make the pieces right there in the class. When it comes time to make this or that or whatever, you get to go up to a big glass rack and pull off whatever pieces you need for that particular technique that you're trying to learn. And of course, I always gravitate, or they noticed that I always gravitated to the cool colors. And one time I went there and I picked out some pinks and some reds and I brought them back and she did a double take. She said, I can't believe you're moving out of your comfort zone. (laughs) But even now, if you look at my display at the gallery, you'll probably see more blues and greens than you will reds and oranges. But I'm trying to get away from that. I'm trying to be a little less predictable in that space. Interesting. I, I don't think I've taken note of the, the color bias. I'll have to look again. So maybe you've been doing a better job of balancing it. Well, that's what I try to do. I, but, you know, I, I, I try to balance the color. But I can guarantee you, even if I balance the color, what I have here at home, still a lot more blues than, than the warm colors. All right. All right. Well, you've already shared some some good tidbits, but the next question is specifically, uh, you know, what advice would you give an artist who's just starting out on their artistic journey? I would say find the media that excites you the most. And you may have to try a couple different media to see what it is that, that really brings out a passion in you that you want to create. As I said, I originally started making miniatures out of wood. But what I didn't say was that along the way to discovering glass, I tried watercolor. I tried oil. You know, and and I would go all in. You know, I bought the supplies. You know, in some cases, I I took a class or two just to get a a start. And it just never quite clicked with me. You know, it's very frustrating when, when you know you want to make something and you can't quite find what it is. And then, as I said, glass just happened to come along when I least expected it. What I would say is, you know, find something, find somewhere to start, but don't hesitate to look for something else if it doesn't inspire you. And another thing I would say is don't give up. You know, anytime you learn a craft or an art, you're not going to be 100% successful with it at the start. You know, you're going to make your mistakes. You're, you're, you're going to make the pieces that, you know, are just awful. And don't give up. Keep, keep at it. There was one glass artist that I know. He said that everybody has to start out somewhere. He says, I have kept all my original pieces that I made, that I never sold, that never see the light of day, except when I open that cabinet door and look at them. But he says, I want to remember how far I've come. I want to see how have I have I improved? How have I improved? What do I still need to work on? You know that that's that's what I would say is is just you know keep keep hunting until you find the one that really hits you, and then just keep at it. Don't give up. Uh, sage advice there. As we wrap up our session here, the last question is. Uh, looking for recommendations of artists that our audience should go check out. So it uh, could be somebody you've just discovered, somebody you've long admired, living, dead. You know, um, who should we go check out? Well, I was always drawn to two different artists uh, up until recently, and I'll, I'll explain that last statement in a few minutes. But the two artists whose work I've always um, admired is Dale Chihuly, 
who was the glass blower, who had, I'm sure a lot of people know him. I mean, he, some of the work that he has made is just incredible. I was lucky enough to go to an exhibit of his that was over in uh, Graham about four or five years ago. And it was, it had to have been at least 100 pieces of his that were brought out. And they were put out on display in the um, historical, uh, historical commission's uh, headquarters there. And I was just amazed at what, at what he has been able to accomplish. The other one that, who's, and he's not known for his glasswork, but he makes amazing pieces. Uh, as I mentioned before, it's Frank Lloyd Wright. I mean, if, if you look, if he, he's known as the architect, you know, with, with the prairie design. But I don't know if a lot of people know that every window and every transom and every piece of glass in the houses he designs are also designed by him. Mm. And every every window is meant to coordinate with the architecture within the house, as well as the environment that the house is built in. So his whole thing is he wanted his windows to bring the outside in. Mm -hmm. And he was another one who, whose style and craftsmanship has just always fascinated me. In recent times, I discovered just a couple months ago, there was an artist in California by the name of Tim Carey. And he does a, a technique called painterly portraits. And what he does is he takes a photo. You can take a photo or a sketch or any visual representation. And what you do is you render it in splashes of color and light by using glass. Um, his, his biggest project is something called the Resurrection Window, which is uh, it's the largest stained and fused glass in the world. It's out at the United Methodist Church of the Resurrection in Leawood, Kansas. And it's if you can imagine this, it's 3,400 square feet inside. Wow. Yeah. I mean, something that big had never been attempted before. And what he did was he partnered with a glass master from Italy to come up with a new method of fusing colored glass and frit to put details into panels that had never been done before. And he's 14 years working on the design and construction of this window. It yielded 161 individual panels that were then brought out and assembled together on location at that church. I mean, if, if you look, I, I've seen pictures of that window and I just, I'm in awe and I just cannot imagine what it must look like in person. You know, especially when you get sun coming through, I, I think it would just be breathtaking. And I don't even think you could take pictures that would capture it completely. It's the kind of thing where you have to be there. But his, his work, just the whole concept of what he called painterly portraits is very interesting to me. He has been going around and teaching some classes uh, on that technique. And I've seen some of the work that the students who've taken those classes uh, have produced. And it's, it's very intriguing. <laughs> very, very intriguing. I mean, as I said, it's, it's almost like a cross between glass and impressionist painting, mm. where you're, you're, you're taking a picture. And he, he focuses primarily on portraits of people. But I've seen samples of um, uh, landscapes where you take a picture and you have to sort of posterize the picture. And then 
you have a big work table and you start to lay out your glass that will render a posterized image of your original picture. And then you, you know, you, you could take little bits and pieces of glass and fill in here, fill in there. And then the whole thing goes into the kiln. And hopefully when it comes out, you've got something that is sort of an impressionist rendering of your original picture. But that's really the technique that he used in, in doing this resurrection window. Fascinating. I look forward to uh, finding pictures of that window. And like in every episode, I'll have links in the uh, show notes to all of the uh, artists you've referenced. And if folks want to check out Tom's art, you can check out his website at uh, EncoreGlassArt.com and see it in person at the Cary Gallery of Artists in lovely downtown Cary, North Carolina. Tom, thanks for being on the show today. Really appreciated it. Thank you for having me. I don't get a lot of chance to talk about glass from my heart. So th th this was a treat for me to be able to talk with you about it and hopefully share some some of what I do and some of my thoughts with others who might be listening to this. Well, it's come through loud and clear, and it really has been a treat. Thank you so much. And to everybody else out there, thank you for listening. And tune in next time for our next Artist in the Spotlight. Thank you for joining us. This has been the Artist Spotlight with Chip Freund. Find accompanying blog posts at chipfreundphoto.com slash blog. And you may subscribe to our show on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like listening.